Blog Talk Radio. I got body, 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 about the game and being in the game and what about love in the game and how is all of that um how does that mix, you know? Um and I think it's curious especially when writers tackle that topic of writing about the game and still have that element of love for the erotica and I always wonder in a man's mind when you're talking about that fast lifestyle, you're talking about money how do you also include love? So that's kind of where the topic grew from. Um, Shakira, I'm sure you have a perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always do. I always do. You know that. But uh, let me say, I say, I say from, I guess from a lot of different uh, from a lot of different uh, movies, a lot of different books that have been out uh, over the past twenty, thirty years or so. Um, there's always the there's always the the, the, the ghetto hood story. There's always the ghetto love story. Um, you know, even different songs that that still come to mind uh, for me as far as that was the one that always came up as the the, the probably the staple for me was the one that Mary J and Method Man did. Um, y'all I need. 
that wow. one probably, uh, that that one probably for me epitomized what um a ghetto love story actually is. Um, you know, just just I like that. Just dealing with, you know, the things that she had to do to kind of keep him up and keep him moving. Meanwhile he's out in the game doing his thing and all that other good stuff and whatnot. So, you know, that that for me has always been the embodiment of the actual, you know, as far as the quintessential um, ghetto love story, so to speak. Um, you know, everybody's done their versions. You know, everybody's done their versions over the years and all that other good stuff. And, you know, sometimes it does feel like it's a little overplayed and, you know, a little overdone. But, you know, the, the, the beauty of being able to tell that story over and over and over again is usually the, it's usually the voice of the person that's doing it. Um, you know, I mean, that's really right. where, you know, where down to it, whether it's, you know, whether it's your, your, your more popular, you know, your more popular um, authors, Wahida Clark comes to mind, of course, Treasure comes to mind, of course, um, even the guy that we're dealing with tonight, Eon, you know, he comes to mind with his stories uh, and whatnot, and then you still have your celebrity authors that have tried to tackle the subject as well. Um, I know T.I. tried to do it, um, and, and he, he kind of came across with mixed results um, as well, so it just it just really depends on the voice of the author that brings that story to the to the forefront. Cool. So I'm glad that you mentioned that uh, we have a guest this evening, and I'm not going to keep him on hold much longer, so that we can get our insider knowledge. I like insider knowledge. So um, this evening, our guest is Ian Williams. He is um, the writer of Money. Everything And so we're going to Kind of get some information From him Eon, are you with us this evening? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm here, how y'all doing, man? Nice to be on What's going on, man? Good to have you Cool, man What's good with y'all? Cool Um, Well, first I have to say um, I have to get this off my chest, Eon Since I have you on the phone Um I'm hating on your pictures from the book fair a little bit. <laughs> okay, just a little bit. Up. Just a little bit. I, I'm so hurt that I did not make it this year. And then I saw your page and you posting up with everybody, and I said, you know what, I don't even care. I don't want to see his pictures. So I just want you to know that I was hating on you. I'm going to go ahead and confess to that. We fixed that next year, then. Yeah, 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 I know. No, so go. come on and tell us about uh, tell us about your latest project. Well, uh, money ain't everything. Money ain't everything is the latest full book. I put out a short story in between. It was actually like a a teaser for for a book that's come for this book called Rolex Revenge. But money ain't everything is a, like is the latest full length book I put out. And there's a novel that I actually based on uh, on a true story. Cause like you know a lot of people get caught up when they talking about street lit. You know what I mean? People write this that it's realistic. People write that and it's not realistic. And then, like, you know, I'm I'm of the opinion that there's only so many twists and turns that you can add to a street story. So, you know, every time that I write a street story, which I always write one, you know what I mean? I'm always trying to write it in a way where as though I have never visited that plot before or I never read nobody else to visit that plot before. And, you know, that's a challenge, I believe. So what I've done the last two times I've uh, released a novel, for a left novel, I based it on a true story because I'm saying a lot of times things happen in life that you would never imagine, you would never plot it. So uh, Money Ain't Everything is actually the fictionalized version 
of a story that a, a buddy of mine has actually went through. You know what I mean? A lot of people that didn't know, know about me know I spent a lot of time in prison. I went to prison when I was young for things that happened in the street. And, you know, in prison, you meet a lot of people that are like you or far, you know what I mean, far removed from you, you know what I mean, maybe worse than you or may not even deserve to be there. But nevertheless, I met a guy that became a good friend of mine when was from Panama, and he was a... Uh, he had done a lot of things, you know what I mean? Those things those things really go on, go on, happen in the book, and you see what happens in the book. But one of the things that really drew, drew my attention to his story was that he was given uh, 88 years to life. You know what I mean? Most times you get 88 years in prison, you know, your life is over. It's no more as a rap. You can seal it up and shut. But uh, right. after like 15 years, he had appealed his case, and his case was reversed. And uh, he actually, man, was a... Uh, uh, exonerated for the crime So that alone Aside from all the other things that he was accused of That alone just kind of uh, Made the story interesting to me So what I did is that uh, I, I wrote I wrote, uh, I wrote an article About him and his story And his struggle in Don Deva And the story had got so much You know, play That I decided to write a book about it So like I said, I took a true story And I fictionalized it Because it actually takes you from the bottom to the top, so to speak, you know what I mean? It started in the slums of Panama, you know what I mean? And it, it smuggled its way into the uh, into Canada and smuggled its way from Canada into the United States, to uh, New York, into Philly, into uh, D.C. And it actually went through all these different levels and stages of the drug game at, at the beginning of the crack era. So I felt like, you know what I mean, it was interesting because everybody writes the story of the <clears throat> Or the drill kingpin, the stars right here in the hood or something, and then, they, you know, they blow up and they got millions of dollars or they got thousands of keys. But, you know what I mean, a lot of people don't really write or touch on the struggle part of it, you know what I mean, because it ain't all fun and games. So that was pretty much the gist of it, and that's pretty much, you know what I mean, what I, what I touched on with it. Okay. Good okay. Day. So you're not, you're not glorifying it. I mean, actually, with me, right, I think out of all my books, I, I try not to never glorify because, uh, like, I think a lot of times, whether it's music, it's movies, or it's, or, or it's, uh, or it's publications, it's novels, right, that sometimes, you know, you when you glorify the game, which people got the right to do, I try not to do it. When you glorify it, I don't think that you're really being honest. I don't really think that you're being real, not only to the people who have been through these struggles and suffered from it, but you're not being real to the people who don't know what's up with it and the reason they think it's like that, man. You know what I mean? The, the game, it, it ain't sweet. You know what I mean? You know, a person may make, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars in the game, you know what I mean? But trust and believe there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, you know what I mean? There's a lot of loss that come with it. So even, you know, keeping on track with me, explaining something about that project, Money Ain't Everything, Money Ain't Everything, the title was actually selected because, you know, these youngers that had grew up in the slums of Panama that was just like youngers that grew up in the slums or the inner city in the U.S., they wanted better, and money was they, what they thought was going to make everything better. But by the time that they got money, they lost everything that they had when they actually was poor. Right. I got you. You know what right. I mean? So, you know, that's that was my objective. Too. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, just think about it, that if we all start out poor, you know what I mean, but while we're poor, we got each other. You know what I mean? I don't have no sugar today. You got sugar today, but you don't have no milk tomorrow. I got milk tomorrow, and we got each other. But when we finally get rich, we no longer have each other because money didn't came between us. So that's where the title money and everything really comes from. You know what I mean? Because, you know, you can, have, you can get all the money in the world, and if you lose everything else, then the money don't mean nothing no more. Right, right, right. I'm with that. Okay. You know what I mean? so, um, 
And I just want to mention that I think RJ is back on his job uh, this evening. So go ahead and hit the Twitter. And I think he's checking Instagram. I'm not sure because whoever knows RJ. Um, Of course, we got the chat room open and then Facebook is up. So, you know, you want to communicate with us in any of those other social media areas, you can do that because I think RJ is working. He's not on vacation or traveling around the world, so right. um, I think he's working. Um, we'll work that out. No worries. <laughs> yeah. We oh, um Okay, so I found I find that perspective to be pretty interesting, uh, Ian, because you know I think sometimes I, I'm, I'm not going to say all the all the time. I'm not going to say everybody, but I think sometimes the street lit urban uh, lit gets a uh, bad rap for being um, to, for glorifying that lifestyle and not always painting, um, like you said, a real picture or an honest picture of the negative side. So I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you did yeah, that. Um, so is Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I'm just, I'm just, I think I'm just, uh, like I said, I'm, 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 I'm getting in with, you know, where, where he's coming from with it. And, you know, as far as him, you know, as far as him doing his own slant and that type of thing, that was part of what I was referring to in terms of the author just bringing his own unique voice to the, to, to the, to, to the genre itself. And I gotta say, you know, as a book snob like that, that I tend to be, I gotta appreciate exactly what you brought, and it's, it's got me a little bit more open minded to at least checking you out first as the, <laughs> the as, as my new gateway into the genre, so to speak. Because I'm not gonna lie to you, and and Timor knows this. It, I, I don't I don't pull no punches. Right. That genre that genre turned me off. Right. right. Um, you know, it, it, it was the same. It was the same. I mean, even when even when Shamor and I talked privately, you know, I was like, okay, we, you know, we're gonna end up with, you know, and, and, and it was never a disrespect to you per se. And I'm sure you probably might not take it that way. But when we were in show prep, I was like, okay, I get I get the story that he's trying to tell and that type of thing. But you know, at the same time, it's it, it's it's feeling like Scarface all over again. And that's yeah. my initial reaction to. The, the storyline that I saw from 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 surface, you know, from from surface, just scanning through and trying to get a little bit of a little bit of a taste of what you had to bring to the table. That was right. the first thing that hit my mind. I'm not gonna lie to you there. Right. Well, I mean, I respect that. You know, what I mean, I can see that that way. You know, what I mean, uh, you know, what I mean, from not just you know, to exclude myself from the from the picture. Like, to be honest with you, I don't read a whole lot of urban. Lit. I ain't gonna say urban lit. I don't, I don't read a whole lot of street fiction. On the stuff of that, you know what I mean. It's, it's certain people whose names, when their names come up and the titles come up, you know what I mean. I'm gonna respect it, you know what I mean. But like you made a good point with, though you said that you know a lot of them is uh, it's like it's Scarface all over again. Now with money ain't everything. For an example, just to take it back to specifics, money ain't right. everything in some type of way could be Scarface all over again. But in all actuality, Panama, which was the guy that I wrote it about, his name is Javier Carr. Javier Cobb was actually a real person that Tony Montana was created. So if you look at it from that perspective and you say, like, dang, man, this dude uh, this dude really went through that and it's documented, you know, it's kind of like you're almost reading uh, a documentary. 
and I can appreciate that a whole lot more. You know, yeah. and that's 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 the reason why I would I would offer my apology for having that point of view, but at the same time, I got to be genuine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, no apology needed, man. For real, for real, man. man to be cut dry, man. Just speak straight to the point. You got to keep in mind that, man, you know, like with me, I deal with people from all walks of life. You know what I mean? And respect opinions from all walks of life. I like street music. And, you know what I mean? People write different type of street music. Man, some street music I don't like, some street music I do like. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times it sounds like the same thing. Same thing with the book game. If you're going to write a street story and it's kind of like a Tony Montana story, the Kingpin doing this, Kingpin doing that. It has to, for me, for me, it has to have some unique angle. You know what I mean? If it don't have no unique angle, it's like, man, I'd have seen it all before. It's just a different name, different place. Absolutely. You know this I mean? is such a so manly I mean, I conversation. That. I feel all the testosterone <laughs> floating around in here. That's so beautiful. Okay, so now i got to set my foot in here, put my high heel stilettos in this mug. So uh, talk the- about the love. So, so do we have love interest in this story? Actually, you do. You know what I mean. So, like I said, when I just touched on the part of you know these uh, these young these youth, you know what I mean, because it was a crew of them. You know what I mean. It was a crew of teenagers and their people, uh, youngsters in their late teens, early twenties, as the book starts. But you know, the main character who I changed his name to Vicioso, you know what I mean. He was a vicious little Panamanian, uh, you know, youngster. That uh, you know, his whole thing, you know, his driving force from the onset, from the very beginning of him even doing anything. As far as survival, it was always about his mother, which was the first love of his life. And, I mean, I feel like for most people, especially men, that your mother going to be the first love of your life. But uh, his girlfriend, which actually became his wife, you know what I mean, she took a, she, 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 she put her seatbelt on, and she actually went for this 20-year journey with him. So and some of his buddies, you know, left the slums of Panama, you know what I mean, they found illegal ways into the U.S. to take advantage of the drug game. He longed to do those things, but he didn't long to do those things for the cars, the money, the clothes, and this and this and that. He actually had longed to do those things to take care of his mother, take care of his woman. So by the time he got to the U.S., and of course he got here alone, he grinded up money. He did these different things out of love to have his mother and his woman here with him. So, you know what I mean? This was the love of his life. That was his girlfriend. And I touched on that part of the story because I felt as though that, man, for it to be a street story and then not to just be a shoot 'em up bang bang, that I had to have some romance in it. So I definitely capitalized on the love that he had between himself and his woman. Well, I can't argue with that, man. It actually humanizes his character. And that actually helps, mm-hmm. that helps, you know, definitely connect with him a little bit more, actually care about what happens to him, you know, as opposed to the ones that's just like, okay, well, I was a dope boy, so, you know, I was a dope boy at 16, and now I'm running the block at 30. Who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? It's kind of like how you, when you see, like, for example, like, I, I write screenplays, and I didn't just up and start writing screenplays. I actually, like, researched how would you do it, you know what I mean? And one of the things that I researched when I was learning how to write screenplays was how you go up and down like a roller coaster, and you need, you know, Fast-paced action, you need something to slow the action down because it's almost like if you're in a car. If you do 100 miles an hour for all the whole ride, then 100 miles an hour is no longer thrilling. But if you do 100 miles an hour and break it down to 30, when you get back to doing 100 miles an hour again, 100 miles an hour is thrilling. So, you know what I mean, I take that to, I take that to break it down to the point where though, it can be fast-paced action, it can be suspense, it can be drama, it can be all this. But I'm saying if you use some romance, and like you said, you know, it makes you human, you kind of see what's going on inside a person. You know what I mean? Because I can be tough as nails on the outside. And for many years in my life when I was young, I tried to constantly be tough as nails on the outside, while on the inside it was another situation going on. Right. Right, right, right. Nope. 
And you know, when you when when we read, that's kind of what we're looking for. We're trying to yeah, we wanna know how that exterior is. But when we have a main character who we get to see all those things that he does, we kinda of wanna know what's going on inside, like you said. So uh, and of course as a woman we wanna know of course what he thinks about love, how he feels about having that main chick that's holding him down and will go through all of this with him. Because I, I often wonder how those women do that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because I kind of don't get that. I'm about to say, we'd have to ask, I'd have to ask a lot of the women that, you know, either in the chat room or the ones that might be calling in or whatever the case may be, help out a little bit because, you know, unless you're unless you're a part of it or you got homeboys that used to be a part of it and things of that nature, you'll never understand. And right. I know how I, you know, I know how I am with with a lot of my boys from back in the day. You know, a lot of them, thankfully, you know, kind of grew up after you know after going through all of that and whatnot. So you know, but you know, a lot of them didn't. They, you know, they're still mired in the muck, so to speak. And you know, they they there's that one chick that's right there in the corner, right there attached to the hip, that's gonna hang. Through, through thick and thin, and I'm like, how the hell does this work? You know, that yeah. type of thing. Right. So it's really a matter of figuring out the mentality and, you know, it's not necessarily that it's, a, that it's a right or wrong thing. It's just really a matter of understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I mean, how, do, how do you men think, I mean, how do you men, how do you men pick those women? Like, how do you know that's the one? And then... <laughs> Does she I mean, become the the top one? Like you make sure you don't ever upset her, or uh, I like okay. Let me ask. Let me let me let me give you some foundation for for what I'm saying before I say because it, it will sound wild. I spent 17 years in prison, so a large portion of my life was taken away by the prison system, right? So. The first part of my life as a teenager, you know what I mean, I spent with women with another mentality. Of course, it was a mentality of, you know what I mean, an advanced street guy, but I was still a teenager. I went to prison at 16. So I stayed in prison from 16 to 33, and all of the dealings that I had with women were in prison. So those relationships and those dealings are kind of different. Then I came home in my 30s and had different relationships and different dealings with, different dealings with women. As a young man, when I was in the streets and I was doing different things, I tried to keep all those things away from whatever female I was dealing with. Of course, in prison, I don't really want to, you know what I mean, uh, kind of assess it from that perspective because if you meet a woman in prison and she's willing to deal with you while you're in prison with all the restrictions that come, she's fully aware of what she's dealing with. Or at least she thinks she's did. At least she thinks she is. Now, at, at this age, once I've, uh, you know, I've matured in different, you know, realms of life, I'm kind of like, well, whatever I'm doing in life, if I was still doing the wrong thing, you know what I mean? I definitely wouldn't want, no, want, wouldn't want anyone to know that, so I would have to try to man, uh, maintain some secrecy like you see when you, uh, if you ever watch a story about the mob, you know what I mean? Some of their wives don't really have an idea of what they're doing. They just know that there's a bunch of secrecy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I think it's all about how a person plays it, but I mean... If a woman chooses to uh, partake or, you know what I mean, support her man, and she knows that her man li- lives a lifestyle of uh, some occupational hazard, then, you know what I mean, she's yeah. going to be in store for a rude awakening. No doubt. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I can see that. I mean, and that makes sense. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's also a respect thing, like, for example, like with me. Like, I've seen certain women that, uh, 
when a man went to jail or a man got uh, murdered or, you know, anything like that, you know, they was in an uproar about all out of this happened, a lot of this happened. But, you know what I mean, when it was Gucci bags, it was trips to Vegas, it was big cars, big houses, it was fine and dandy. It's part of the game. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a firm believer in when you know what's happening, you make your bed, that you should lay in it. No doubt. You know what I mean? Now, that might sound rough, that might sound harsh, but I'm saying when you reap all the good benefits of it, it's almost like, you know what I mean, you got to take what's bad coming from it. It's a part of the game. And the thing that they keep forgetting is that they know it's coming. They just don't want to act yeah. like it. Yeah, it's, it's coming in one way or another. You know what I mean? It's coming. Even if it doesn't directly affect, let's say, for example, a man and a woman. Even if it doesn't, and, you know, we, 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 we're we kind of like, only focusing on the man being the person who was involved in such and such a thing because I'm saying I'm not right. the situation where the woman was involved in such and yeah, such a but thing and the man was for me, I'm with just going to put it all on y'all. That's what I do. I blame guys. <laughs> no, I mean, typically that's what happen more. But, you know, there are those situations where the woman is the one that's making all the moves. You know what I mean? And, you know, she might have a joker that's not necessarily square, but it's not on her level. You know what I mean? But, uh, anyway... If you have a situation where though the man is doing all these different things and these things can actually man uh, come back to haunt him and come back to hurt him, you know, uh, uh, you know, women that are uh, in relationships like that, I think that man they should always ask themselves, you know, you know, what will they do and how will they handle it when uh, when a piper comes? Because you're gonna have to pay the piper one way or another. No doubt. Okay. I mean, that's and that's that's part of it too. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's really to your point on that. So I can't, you know, I can't argue that all day long. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, as soon as I'm able to take the topic back to the book, in real life, in real life, this guy that I fictionalized a story about, his woman went through all the good times, right, and actually went through 20 years of the bad times. You see what I'm saying? You know, it took him like mm-hmm. 15, 16 years to actually get the conviction overturned. Now, I'm not saying... What she was doing in the streets, I don't know. You know what I mean? That's not really my business. But I know every step of the way while he was in the prison system and while he was dealing with these things that was a, a result of his actions, that she was there for him. So, I, you know, actually that was one woman that showed me that, hey, you know what I mean, she can ride it off through the good and through the bad. And that, that, that was actually one of the reasons why I made a part of the book about their relationship because it was amazing. At that point in my life, I didn't think that a woman could do that. I didn't think that it was, like, uh, possible. <laughs> okay. So, you know, that goes I mean, straight without enough. Oh, but but you know what? It be, it's, a, it's a learning experience. If you don't ever see it, you know, then how are you supposed to know? You know, a lot of our judgments are based on the life that we live, the lifestyle, and those things we see in our day-to-day lives. So, if you've never seen that, if, if all the guys you know that have downs that women leave, then that's what that's the perspective you form. Um, because you know, I'm trying to wrap my mind around you know the story that you tell because it's not something <laughs> that I see all the time. You know, so yeah. that's why I'm like asking you because I need to broaden my perspective. So um, oh, I, I can see how you. Do one way, uh, you think one way when uh, it's not right something now, that you used to. Yeah, exactly. And, and what I'm seeing with from what I'm seeing with what his story, what 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 his book is coming out doing and whatnot, it basically just gives me the it gives me the same cliche statement of truth is stranger than fiction. And you know, had he not said that 
it was a true story, you know, I would have taken the I would have taken the the the, the assumption that it wasn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think if it wasn't a true story though, if it wasn't a true story just between me and you don't mind, I wouldn't I wouldn't have written it because I would have thought as a reader and I definitely would have did it as a writer. As a writer, I'd have been like, man, this is too much. This is over the top, right? Especially about mm-hmm. some of the like, some of the violence. So I, actually, if it wasn't based upon a true story, I wouldn't have written it because I would have felt like it was. It would have been looked at as a like a, a street story on steroids. And I can respect mm-hmm. that. So okay. you know, that's how I always thought about it, which is one of the reasons why I kind of like made it a point to let people know that because at first I was just going to leave it like that because I was real concerned with the fact that uh, it may resurrect other investigations or this or that, you know what I mean? But once 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 everybody was uh, kind of like uh, exonerated for the initial case and then they pleaded guilty to things that covered the whole indictment, I was, not, I was no longer worried about what would be the fallout, you know what I mean? So then I went on to just let people know that, hey, I wrote this story. It may seem over the top. It may almost seem unreal. But if you check the Washington Post, you check the Washington Times, you check the New York Post, you'll see what I base the story on. Absolutely, and that, I think that's part of it too. I mean, you know, just just basically explaining to you know, explaining to your readers that you know, this is definitely not something that I just brought out of thin air, and this is what's up. Not always. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's 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 gravy to have an imagination, not a problem. And sometimes you can kind of you can kind of take a true story and embellish to, to protect the innocent, so to speak. But, you right. know, if you, really, if you can really take what's there and then incorporate real real, real aspects of that story so that people can kind of see, okay, well, hell, this, this actually did, you know, in that particular, you know, in, in, in such. I think that's, that's been the thing that readers have been trying to appreciate when it comes to this generation's um, fiction authors. They want some degree of realism. Yeah, you can kind of stretch the truth a little bit, but they still want something rooted in realism. And in that regard, I have no problem saying, okay, you need to check this man out right here. Mm, yeah, I like that outlook, though. I like that outlook. Well, I appreciate the fact that it is a, a real story and that it doesn't glorify um, or it, it doesn't keep, it doesn't shield the reader from the negative aspects of the game, what you know, whatever that game is, and you know, you invite that into to what the story that you tell, um, because like you said, that just adds to the reality, um, and makes people aware that as a writer, you're not just trying to sell a story you think somebody is going to purchase, but you're trying to tell the story that really applies to the, the reality of the game. So um, that's important. Yeah. You yeah, mentioned yeah, you mentioned that you had um another book coming out. Is it the same type of story or is it something right totally now, different well, you know what I mean? I'm from, kind of like uh I'm kinda of like in a uh in a getting while the getting good type mode right now, you know what I mean? I tried, I tried two, two novels where I fictionalized, you know, true events, and they actually, you know, came out and they were in their own lane. So right now I'm getting while the getting good. I'm doing it again, you know what I mean? I'm writing another story, you know what I mean, based on some real life events. Of course, they street events, 
You know what I mean? And one of the reasons why I mean I keep going back to some of these street stories because I feel as like I feel as though that reading street lit, so to speak, inspired me to write. You know what I mean? It was old street lit, and then I was reading other day street lit. But I always felt like, man, I would do this different. I would do that different. And I'm kind of one of the people who's like, man, to believe that philosophy. Put your money where your mouth at. If you feel like you would write this different, write that different, then write it. So you know what I mean? I'm at a point. I'm at a point in the game where as though. Any story that I've seen that I felt like, you know what I mean, should be told, I try to tell it whether I tell it in a fictional way or I tell it in a non-fictional way. Just so happens, you know what I mean, I'm telling a story in this new book called Never Lay Down about how the system, the system kind of like, uh, they use these laws for an example. Matter of fact, I can be specific about it without giving it away. Like the RICO Act, you know what I mean, it was actually constructed by the federal government to take down organized crime figures, and then, you know, they kind of started to use it on other things. But in a, in, a, in my community, in these black communities, right, they grabbing these youngers, you know what I mean? It ain't not just grabbing youngers, they grabbing people of all ages, but they grabbing loose-knit organizations. Some of them may be gangs, some of them may not be gangs, you know what I mean? They hit them with these RICO Acts because these RICO Acts get the police and the investigators and the prosecutors the ability, man, to tie everybody in together and we're going to wash all y'all up, whether it's 10 of y'all or it's 30 of y'all, we're going to send all of y'all to prison and we're going to hold all of y'all accountable for the acts of each individual. So, you know what I mean, that's yeah. really not what the RICO Act was for in the beginning. Although they started tagging people with it, you know what I mean, it was for something different. But now, you know what I mean, they're locking a lot of our youth up, specifically and other people, and they're using crimes that I might have made a, I might have committed an armed robbery. You might have committed a drug transaction. My other man might have committed some type of man kidnapping. And now they say that, okay, all these three acts, which a lot of times is going to be much more, but these three acts were all committed in the conspiracy to further one organization. And it's just an easy way to wash everybody up and give everybody life. So this happened to some people that I grew up with. And they washed them all up, and they gave them all life. Some of them got 30. Some of them told and turned state, so they got 10. But, you know what I mean, I kind of told a story of how it all starts, how the corruption and the, you know what I mean, the deceit man spills into it from the government and from the people that are defendants, and how that if you really stand tall and you fight no matter what's happening, because like we said a few minutes ago, it's part of the game. You're not going to sit in the streets, get a whole bunch of money, get a whole bunch of cars and houses and clothes, and don't have to pay some dues. So, you know, like I said, some of these guys actually fought and fought and fought and gave these life sentences back. So I took this story, and I fictionalized this story, and I'm writing this story in this book called Never Lay Down. Okay. <laughs> so, you, so you have a little mission to educate as well. Well, it sounds like to me, but that's me. I mean, it's my niche. You know what I mean? It's my niche. I could claim... I could claim that I got street credibility and I got the reason to write this this way and that way, but that's corny to me. You know what I mean? I think everybody in some in some shape, form, or fashion, if you're from the inner city, you're going to have some form of street credibility. Man, that's overrated to me. You know what I mean? My whole objective with it is to write you a good story that will entertain you. It's going to be realistic to you. And then if you're not really all the way hip to some of the intricacies, then I'm going to put you on point about that too. So, you know what I mean, that's what makes me different than your next great writer. You might have this right over here, you know what I mean, like the brother here mentioned, why he the clock, he mentioned Treasure Blue. But those, those are great writers that have to be in a category with. So in order for me to maintain and, and feel comfortable, if I'm going to be mentioning categories with writers like that, writers that's like that, writers that when they put their pen to paper, they're going to write a good story. I got to do something that they're not doing. I got to do something different. And one niche that I know I'm going to always have, not necessarily over nobody else, but one niche I'm going to always have is going to be mine is that a lot of stuff that I write about, I done been through. You can't, so you can't tell me that it was supposed to be told this way or that way. I know what's right. supposed to be told. Because it's no your doubt. story. Okay. 
Okay. Well, you know what? Um, just kind of connecting because that's what I do. I'm a connector. I do that kind of stuff. But um, last week we had a really, really serious show. And one of the oh, yeah. things that made my um, co-host very upset um, was that, oh, yeah. he, you know, he wanted people to be aware of the legal system. So okay. um, as I heard you talking, that's what I hear is, again, that uh, understanding the legal system. Because you're, you're saying this, but how many of our youth know that that's what's happening to them? You know, when they're out there doing various things that they're doing, and then, like you said, they kind of rope them all together and pull them in and say, no, this is what y'all were doing. How many of them oh, even are aware? You know, but if you can shove a book in their hand that kind of lets them know, then we're a step ahead, you know. I mean, Did I hit that for you, Shaquille? Yeah, that that pretty much nailed it damn near on the head at that point. There you go. There well, we go. Well, one for me, one for me. I I I respect that. I'm and I kind of like you know I, I feel that same I feel that same uh, concern for you know what I mean people who should be aware of certain things, and uh, I say that to say that like uh, I'm one of them type of guys where though I don't feel like I could change everything, but if I could do one little thing to affect somebody, you know what I mean, I do it now. Isn't it worth it? It's worth it. I mean, I, I think it's worth it for me for just self gratification alone. You know what I mean? It makes me feel like, man, like I told, I, matter of fact, I spoke at a juvenile detention center a couple of weeks ago, right? And I made a point, and it kind of like came out of me like poetry, not to like, not to slice it up, but I, I never oh, planned to say it. he a poet now. He a poet now. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It came out, and I really wasn't trying to make it seem like that, but it was like, man, I told I told a group of youngins. I said that, man, you know, my whole thing is you can do what you want to do. You know what I mean? You can leave out of this zone when you leave out of here. You can go back on the block. You can go get a rock of work. You can go pick up a gun. You can do whatever you want to. You know, we created with free will. You got the choice to do whatever you want to do. You can go out there. You can straighten up and fly right, or you can come back to these jobs, and you can keep coming back to these jobs until you're an adult. I said, but my only point when I talk to any youngest is that it's kind of like if you walk across the street, if I walk across the street and I get smacked by a bus and I die, you know what I mean? Don't let me just get smacked by a bus and die for nothing. If I get smacked by a bus and die, at least let me get smacked by a bus and die so that the people will create stoplights and crosswalks. So that the next person to walk across the street don't get smacked by a bus and die. Right. I just like the fact that you said smacked by a bus and die. I'm sorry. They you see what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I mean, so, I mean that's, the way in which I, that's, the way, that's the way in which I pushed it when I was saying that, but in all actuality, every. <laughs> In reality, forget actuality, in reality, I was one of those youngins that I was talking to at one point in my life, and I was one of those youngins that when people like me came in to talk to, in my mind, I was like, I don't want to hear that shit. So I left those places at 14 and 15, and at 16, I was in adult court going to adult prison because I wasn't trying to hear. So somebody that got smacked by a bus and died in my life got smacked by a bus and died for nothing. But I just want to encourage you uh, not to stop doing that because one thing's for sure, there might have been 30 babies in that room and 29 of them might have said, man, I don't want to hear that. One of them heard you. And that one because that one can go carry your message to someone else who matters. So I have a a message for you um, from Facebook. Um, Kendra Littleton. Oh, that's my girl. 
Yeah, she's a little sad because she said she wanted to talk to Mr. Realist back, but that's not going to happen because she's in an environment where she can't talk to you right now, but she is listening. Okay. And she said, okay. hi, Mr. Realist back. So I'm not sure. She hears you, so you can send her a love message and she can hear you because she's listening, but she can't talk to you right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, so the message I was sending to her is, man, thank you, man. Thank you for always supporting me. Thank you for always letting everybody know what's up with me. I appreciate that. And she's so supportive. I love her. She is so supportive. Yeah, for real, though. You know what I mean? And, I mean, it's kind of like she, she, she she's the type of person that I don't even remember how we got cool. We just was cool, and it seemed like we had always been cool. Yeah, I mean, and she don't, she don't have to know you to know you. You know, she just right. shows up, and then she just embraces you, and I think that's so cool. So, um, um, okay, so one of the other things that we, we kind of left off and went into man's territory. So, again, to let us <laughs> to bring it back. So talk to me about being a woman who loves a man who is, okay, I'm going to give you this scenario. And this is kind of real, but I don't want to be telling you all my business and stuff. Um, but yeah, <laughs> there is happening. um there was this guy and um there was this couple and you know, I watched this couple kinda I already knew that he did what he did and that's what he did. But she was so different, you know, she was so go to church and pray over everything and and I and I understood I understand having a spiritual side I do, but I, I couldn't put marry those ideas together because I knew what he did as well. But she was always um, that was that was her man. And you know we we went to an event together, um, and it was very very awkward because she's always trying to bring the conversation back to that spiritual element. And I don't know if she felt like she was casting out his demon or what. But she loved this man. And she also loved his money that this man brought in doing what he did. So, because yeah. you couldn't beat her, you know, getting a new Gucci bag. or You know, you couldn't beat her spending the money. However, it, it, was, it was just that, that it was like, okay, I don't get you. I don't get you. So tell me about being that woman who wants to be with that man who is enjoying that lifestyle, but what what does it take for a, a woman to influence a guy to maybe give that up? Ah, man. Well, I mean, I'm glad you wrapped the question up that way at the end because that show was about to say I really don't have a clue what it is to be that woman, but, <laughs> you know what I mean? For, for, for me, for myself, like, man, like, like, uh, like inside, inside me, you know what I mean. I, 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 I'm a rebel, you know what I mean. So you know what I mean. I always want to do what I want to do, say what I want to say, you know what I mean. I'm probably gonna be like that till I die, you know. And uh, for me, what it takes for me, you know what I mean. Just like you know what I mean, the woman that I have, you know what I mean. It takes man for somebody to show me and explain to me and make it very clear to me always that man, listen, whatever you do in life affects somebody else, you know what I mean. So if you wanna it's me. If Eon want to, man, say, man, the hell with these books, man, the hell with this, the hell with that, man, I'm going to go ahead and go for what I normally get and how I live. You know what I mean? At the age that I'm at now, you know what I mean? I understand that, man, 
I can't do it. Even if I want to do it, even if I'm strong enough psychologically and physically to say, hey, man, I'm going to risk doing life in prison in order to be rich or to get rich or to get, man, hundreds of thousands or maybe millions of dollars. You know what I mean? That's kind of, man, one of the most selfish things you can do. Now, if a person is a certain type of person, kind of like, you know, a snake is going to be a snake, a bird is going to be a bird. So if a person is a criminal and that's what they're going to be, then, I mean, you know, man, it's kind of like, you know, a dead end and no way out for any woman that want to be in that person's life. But if a person has any ounce of, you know, man, humanity in them and they can actually, man, be something different. Like, I know a lot of, man, gangsters in retirement. You know what I mean? And they just understand to the point where, though, at this point in life, it just ain't worth it. You know what I mean? The the rewards are not worth the risk. So, you know, I think that for a real man, you know what I mean, a man that's confident in himself, a man that's secure in who he is, you know what I mean, that if he have a woman and if he love her, and, you know what I mean, he's interested in, man, being with her and making some type of, man, future with her, and, I mean, he's going to have to limit his risk that he takes in life. And when I say limit, it might sound like I'm trying to give a person a way out to still be in the game, but I'm saying limit that to say that, hey, you can stop being in the streets, right, and you can start working for Pepco, where, you know, that's the next company where I'm from. And if you start working there, you still have to limit your risk because even on the job, you can take risks that can hurt you and take you away. So that's what I meant when I said limit your risk. But I'm saying you just can't be selfish. You know what I mean? You got to make sure you understand that, man, if you if you want to be in a joint venture, which that's what a relationship in a marriage is, is a joint venture, you got to, man, remember that, man, you can't go out. You can't drag race every weekend. It ain't you. It ain't just you involved no more. You go out, you drag race on the weekend, and that, you know, some people going to feel a certain kind of way about it. No doubt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, for me, you know what I mean, where, where, the, where the conversation initiated from, you know what I mean, that's the difference. And, you know what I mean, I just respect my freedom a little bit more than I used to, you know what I mean? And a lot of people that supported me while I was in prison, <laughs> I, 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 I I hate to let them down. So, you know, a lot of those right. things kind of, you know, influence, influence my restraint out here in the world. Because, you know what I mean, some, some, some like of us, that. you know, are actually that's people. Right. Like, I like you know that mean? phrase. It influences their restraint. Yeah, I think more you know people I mean? need to have things that influence their restraint. That's a good, I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, I like especially it. when you're actually, you actually, actually the type of guy that can make a phone call and you back in action. You know what I mean? For those people that live like that. Now, you know, there's a whole multitude of people out here that don't live like that, so that don't apply for them. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. I want to okay. know. I uh, Yeah, I know. I want to know. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, he's... Uh, he's the really, wisdom and level-headed. Well, I mean, speaking speaking, speaking as, as as that dude that, you know, took a lot of risks, although they were dif- different risks when I was younger, um, and then before, you know, before getting married and uh, all that other good stuff, I relate exactly to what he's talking about. I mean, you there are things that you would take risks as a single, as a single man, that you just wouldn't do as a as a husband and father. Um, you know that you got people that are depending on you, so you have to make the safe you have to make the safe bet, so to speak. Um, it sounds boring, it sounds corny, but you know at the end of the day, it's longevity that you're trying to get that you're trying to get to. Not necessarily dealing with it from a trying to be in a sprint, but you're trying to be in a marathon. And the mm-hmm. more that we if the more that we can get people to think in marathon terms instead of thinking in sprint terms, you know, things will things might actually 
rearrange themselves, uh, if you want to say. Um, so, so I get exactly where you know, coming from with that. Um, I think it's just a matter of it's it's really just a matter of the the, the maturity of that person, um, and 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 understanding you know the the, the risk and reward scenario. Um, when you're younger, you don't think about the you don't think about the risk because you worry more about the reward. However, when you get mm-hmm. older, uh, worrying about you know the other people that you have obligations to, you think more about the reward than you think about the risk. And if the reward is not worth the risk, then now there's no point in doing it. Do you think it's fair? Do you think it's fair when you, the two of you, jump in, you know, and it's about the lifestyle, it's about the money, it's about the what you think is the freedom of doing whatever you want, and then while we in the midst of this, one of us decides, you know, what well, that's enough, and we try to pull the other one. Do you think that's fair? Do you think, you know, no, this is we both signed on for this? I mean, do you think it's even my question on Facebook was do you think that it's one of those things that we we can grow together away from this? It depends on the strength of the people involved. Um when when it's two people pulling for one goal, it's a whole lot stronger than one person pulling in one direction and another person putting pulling in another direction. Um, and then they're all, and then they're still trying to look at each other like, okay, well, you need to give, and then the other person's going, you need to give, and it it, it becomes a problem. Uh, so, so you look at it from that perspective. It's it's really a matter of again, you you, I think it's where they they don't quite understand it, and you you try to get them to understand it because you want them to 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 at least figure out that there is. Uh, there is a positive outcome to the things that they're doing. Um, some people can't see the forest from the trees, you know, and then there are some that really don't want to see, the, they really don't see the, the, they don't see the light at the end because they're still, they're too busy looking at the street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like that. <clears throat> yes. It's your turn. <laughs> hey, you I mean, that, you said it. Uh, go ahead. I was just saying, do you think that's, a possibility that, you know, you can grow somewhere away with, you know, or we can jump in and in, in the in the middle of this turn around and say, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore and I need you to pull out with me. I mean, do you think those type of relationships can um, be beneficial? Can something good come up though? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, like, uh, at this point, you know what I mean. I might be old, you know what I mean. And my 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 uh my opinions of the situation might be outdated. But like he said, you know, when he's talking about marriage, you know what I mean, and kids and family and things that's uh, more important. When you talk about longevity, you know what I mean. And I can actually add some synonymous things to longevity, like man, preservation of life. You know what I mean, preservation of your bloodline. When you start to think about, you know, what I mean, what's going to be my legacy, what's going to be left behind. You know what I mean? Your 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 mentality and your thoughts they just more mature. You know what I mean? Right now, it's things that I would not consider doing at thirty six that I would have did at fifteen. So you know, or twenty five. You know what I mean? So right. You know what I mean? Certain things are just, it's just not no it's not a reality to me no more. I mean, I'm not even I'm not even into it. So I can't really right. I can't even imagine it to be, uh, you know, something I'm faced with. You know what I mean? As much as I as as much as I may write about this matter or write about that matter, matter, you know what I mean? My life is not like a, you know, it's not like an Xbox game. I can't just reset it. You know what I mean? It's all or nothing with me. 
especially, man, in my situation where I don't wasted so much of my life for other reasons and other places. So, you know what I mean, man, I, I, everything is intense. With me, everything is extreme, you know what I mean, man, because just life is just that serious. So whoever's in my life, whoever I choose to be in my life, have in my life, whoever I'm a, uh, I'm a part of their life, you know what I mean, everything is serious. You know what I mean, nothing is a game. Yeah. Well, and the the running consistency on that one is they yes, people can grow together and grow out of you know, those lifestyles and grow in that same direction. Uh, so yeah, I mean I, I that's mean, when I mean, everybody's that's kind of saying kind I of agree with that. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. Okay. Um I'm checking this out because um took care. Yeah, uh huh. Ron is on the line, and Ron just now decided that he needed to say something. I'm trying to decide. Do I want to talk to Ron? I'm just, I guess I better because he might not show up for work. You know how he does. Exactly. I, guess, I guess I better because it's not payday and he showed up, so Don't I better let him on. Ron, how are you this evening? I'm, I'm doing just great. I, I thought today was payday. Oh, um, I better wait. I better wait till you finish doing your job and tell you no. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. What's going on, kid? What's good with you, Ron? Everything is beautiful. Brother Eon, how you feeling tonight? I'm good, man. How you doing, huh? I'm Listen, I'm listening to you, man, and I'm, I'm saying to myself, you know what? I'm going to download this book tomorrow. Man, I appreciate I'm, that, I'm, man. I'm listening to the way you're talking and you're touching me to a point where it's like, if certain things you said, he's touching you. Ron, I mean, come on, man. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. You left that open. You left that open. You left that open. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, I didn't leave it open. You infringed upon that space. Okay, you're right. I did. I took it. You're right. I took it. I violated you. I'm sorry. But um, I, I, I say all that to say that some of the things you were saying was touching the nerve. I was like, yeah, that's real. You know what I mean? Saying real, recognized real. So, salute to you. So yeah. I appreciate that, man. Same here. Um, you have a job to do. Don't get quiet now. Well, I mean, in listening to this, all right. Let me take a step back. <laughs> all week, I've been saying to my, I, 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 I've been doing my thing about little boys and manhood and and, and looking at the kids. But then I start thinking about parents. And there's a lot okay. of parents out here that's just stupid. And, and the things that they're doing just makes no sense. In okay. other words, one of the big things that I've been doing some research on recently is Schedule 2 drugs. Okay? A Schedule 2 drug is a drug like crack or opium. Those are highly addictive drugs. All right? Mm-hmm. The, 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 the definition is a category of drugs considered to have strong potential for abuse or addiction, but have legitimate medical use, okay? Ritalin mm-hmm. is scheduled to drug. But we got no problem with doctors prescribing that for our kids. Yeah, doping our kids up on it. You understand? And and mm-hmm. when you when you think of, you would take a prescription for the same class of drug as crack and give it to your seven-year-old because they don't sit still for five minutes at a time. That speaks to bad parenting. And, mm. and 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 it's things like that that we rather dope our children up than take five minutes away from basketball while. 
or 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 you know what mm. I'm saying? Stop talking to your girl or not going to get your your your, your head done or going to get some games to your Xbox. So you don't want to discipline your child. You don't want to spend that time talking to them. So I mean, things like that. It, it, wow. it, it's bananas in me. It's bananas. It makes no sense. And then the person So you said instead of parenting at all, we'd rather put a drug in there to change their behavior when all the behavior decisions that I need a parent. That's pretty deep. I mean, I say that, and then the next thing I say is, do you disagree with that? You asking me? No, oh, I think you know the answer to that. You know I don't disagree with that. You know. Exactly. You know pretty much when you don't come in here, you know, on your category two drugs, you're, you and I usually <laughs> see eye to eye. So I'm just saying you might be clean tonight because we get – oh, I'm, I'm What made you think I wasn't on my, my category two drugs? I'm just saying because we because we we kind of we we agree. Okay. The only okay, time okay. we don't so agree is when you on that stuff. Wow. Crazy. Seriously. I, I'm just I'm just saying. I'm I mean you know, Ron. Now now the only thing I would say is I'm gonna just I'm I'm, I'm gonna put a cherry on top like this. All right. Um, there you go. He always talking about a cherry. Go ahead. I mean, listen, listen. You already In know what it is, Mama. Fashion. Don't act like you don't know. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I think you just, I think you just really done caught this man up in a whole lot of mess for no reason. Holy. <laughs> nah, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm sorry, Eon. You know, it's certain people that come on the line that pull certain parts of me to the surface, and Ron's one of those persons. You know. So, I apologize. I, I can't. Okay, I'm going to be quiet. Go ahead, Ron. Finish your wind-up. Um, all right, yeah. All right, now, two things. One is you are in direct control of both of these things. One is how much time your child spends studying and doing homework. Okay? Um, three little quick stats. Middle-class white kids spend 8 to 12 hours weekly outside of um studying and doing homework. Middle class Asians spend 12 hours a week doing the same thing. Inner city blacks spend 45 minutes weekly. That's mm. an indictment on you letting your child watch TV, play video games, go outside. And 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 lastly, when's the last time you took your child to the library? It's free, public. It don't cost nothing. Um, and, you said and, these, was di- these were directly directed to you. Said you directed these to me. Is that what you said? No, I'm not directing these to you. What oh, I'm directing oh, oh, these oh. to is just I'm saying we are our listening audience okay. is, is grown ass adults, and right. grown ass adults have kids. And right. if they don't have kids, their sisters and their brothers have kids. And you know if your sister and your brother got bad kids, and you know if you got bad kids. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you and, know and, you used to be a bad kid. And and, and you know if listen, what you mean used to be. Um <laughs> <laughs> and you also know whether or not you're doing certain things with your child. And if you're not, it's enough. You're on your job. I'm done. Mm. Wow, that was pretty good too. And you know what? Even though even though 
even though I have to give you a hard time. That was that was that was really good information. I don't want you to be my Thank son right so now. Much. No, no. Any, oh, any, anything do I get paid today? <laughs> oh yeah, just hold on. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what Pinky Jada. Just hold on, okay? Don't don't run away. <laughs> I'm not gonna hold my breath. I didn't want you to because then I would have it all recorded that I killed you. So, no, I'm not going to tell you how you breath. Breathe. Just just wait for Breathe. it. Breathe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, oh, Eon. Yeah. I want to introduce you to Ron, the author as well. He's working on a book himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of. I'm I'm putting him out there because I I want you to ask him the title of his book. <laughs> I mean I ain't, I ain't, me I mean you know me I ain't trying to walk in or nothing so. No 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 smart man what's the title of your book? Smart man. You not participating? Nah 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 nah. I mean I gave you my answer already. Let's, let's I not mean, go. right now, it's a tentative, it's a tentative title, so we're just going to say it's still up in the air. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's good. That's, that's, that's good. I can get away with that right yeah. there? Yeah, for sure. Here we go. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. What was the title? What was the title, Ron? I don't think all of America heard that title. Um, no, what, what I was telling you is that right now it's, it's still untitled. It's still untitled as of yet. As of yet, it's still untitled. Yeah, let's go What's with that. a working title? What's a working title that <laughs> I read when you sent it to me? What was that one? I got a story yeah. to tell. Memoirs yeah. of an Nasty Bastard. There you go. This, and uh, we. this is how we... <laughs> We tell parents to be better parents because we take information from the nasty bastard. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's I swear to God, that was totally first of all. Teeth. Both of all that. How you parents? I just by being nasty love. bastards. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad I, I love was Ron. Good. I just love Ron, and I think he's magnificent. I do. Ron. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for being wonderful. Listen, I, I, I thank you. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just knew that you just knew you were going to walk into some sort of dysfunction before the night was out, right? <laughs> Did you see how Eon backed up off of that? <laughs> hey, man, I ain't doing yeah. this, man. I've been doing this, listen, 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 man. I've been doing this on a much more serious level, man. You know what I mean? Walking into a question, walking into a question is easy, man. You know what I mean? I, 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 I just survived, man. I'm riding down certain streets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like that. Oh, I like that. Yeah. He said, "Yeah, I'm not doing that, ma'am. No." <laughs> that was beautiful. So there's only one other person to make my evening a little bit more chaotic. He's being real quiet. He's been chilling the cut. I'm just so surprised. 
I'm not gonna say yeah, his name. Say his name. He might. If I say his name, he might say something. So I'm gonna leave him alone. Uh huh. Let you. Yeah, I'm gonna see how long he stays over there and he stays quiet. I mean, it's, I can only handle one at a time. So Ron is enough, but that other guy, he he's sitting over there watching. <laughs> whatever works. Whatever oh, works. you know who? You know right, somebody works. else needs to call and say something smart. I'm waiting on a threat. I'm waiting on a threat. Haven't got my evening threat. I don't know. I really don't know. That's probably why I'm so out of control. I don't know. Called in and threat me. I think the threat's already been put in the chat room, though. Oh. You know, you should tell me to answer the damn phone. Now, I see you put that out. What? What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> you know, value tells me that I have a hold too long and I get cussed out weekly. She's so, being real good this evening. I'm waiting. So I'm not You're not calling in, Val? It's okay. I'll, I'll be all right, Val. It's okay. <laughs> all right, so, Ian, um, how would people be able to, you know, uh, get your material and check you out. Get some more information about you. For uh, for anybody that want to get any of my books, you can get my books from dcbookdiva.com. You can check me out on Facebook under my name Eon Williams. That's E Y O N E Williams. You know, uh, if you're on Instagram, my name on Instagram is Uptown Eon. If you're on uh, Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter at Eon the Writer. You know what I mean. And other than that, you know what I mean. You can always uh, at this point in the at this point in the game, you know anything you want to know about me, especially professionally, you know you can Google my name and you'll find out some other things. Like I, I don't toot my horn a lot, so you know you can find out this or that about me. Mostly everything is on Google. You know what I mean. Just Google my uh-huh. name and like a different stuff will come up. Hey, I think that's the first time we didn't have had somebody tell us to Google them. Yeah. Wait, the right going down. Google me. Okay, I'm sorry. I had a moment. Again, I have those. You see, they come and go. Yup. Yeah. Um, Dion, can I ask you a question? Yeah, you asked me as many as you want to. When you went to the uh, Young Men's Correctional Facility, what was their uh, impression of you? When you left, what do you think they took from it? Dang, man, somebody asked me that same question. I mean, at the end of the day, they uh they 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 respected it and you know what I mean they took heed to it but one thing that I noticed and you know man, this is not to knock this is not to knock nobody else right but one thing that I noticed is that I went I went to the I went to the place with a dude that's like a street legend from where I'm from and now he do these non profit things right so I found and I paid close attention to it that when I was taken there with this guy he was a street legend. He told these guys that man, you know, I had this type of street credibility that they 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 just buckled down and listened, and everything that I had to say was official already. Like if you took, you know, what I mean, a rapper down there or something, then I noticed that when I talked to other people at other places, you know, what I mean, and it wasn't that type of introduction that they had to warm up to me. So a lot of times I think presentation is the best. But nevertheless, to answer the question, at the end of the day, I think they really identified with me because I'm saying part of what I was telling them has started as that. Look, I was sitting right here where y'all was at at this point in time in my life, and it led me in this direction. But in the process of leading me in this direction, which, of course, that direction was court cases, prison time, and everything that came with it. You know, at the end of it, I still found a way with some type of, man, you know, uh, God-given or divine intervention 
inside of me to turn it into something else. So, you know, man, I felt is that uh I felt that uh I connected with him. That's what's up. All right. You plan on doing something like that, Ron? Um, there's definitely plans like that in the future, absolutely. Um You gonna tell them how they can also I, be nasty bastards? Some summer, some summer. Calm down. <laughs> um, I had sent something to Shakir a couple of days ago, um, something along those lines that I'm working on, but it's um it's still not yet formulated. Then I know y'all need to be talking to that other guy because he has all those ideas. They just need to take some kind of shape, and that other guy, y'all need to talk to him. I'll have a call. We're going to take a call. I know who this is. Kali, you're on the air. Oh, you finally answered me? <laughs> wow. Yeah, what's going on? Well, long enough. well, see, they were talking. I thought it would be rude to just answer the call. It would have been rude to answer the call when I had an important question. And now with my okay. old hand, I probably don't forget again. <laughs> Come do that to me every time. I apologize again, Val. You know, I love you. I love you, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Anyhow, this is my question. Gentlemen. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, let's, let's, oh, let's direct it at, at, at um, Mr. Um, Eon. Yes. Um, did you have a positive role model in your life? Like your dad? When I was I'll young? Yeah. When I was young? Uh, actually, actually, I did, right? But I, I was just having this conversation with my aunt the other day, right? I had a positive role model in my life, but I had no respect for him. I didn't look up to them. The people that I looked up to were the people that I ended up emulating as a youngster. You know what I mean? And those were people that was actually probably although they did great things for me in my life with, with, with uh, material things, you know what I mean? They probably didn't manage to steal some of the things in me that I needed to succeed in, in, in America. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Like the positive you. people in my life that would have been a positive role model, they were squares. For example, like I had an uncle in my life, you know what I mean? He had his own business, you know what I mean? He taught his son the, the trade that he did. I didn't want to be like that. He drove a Buick, you know what I mean? I had another uncle that drove a Ferrari, and he was a drug dealer. So, you know what I mean, it was either drive a Buick or drive a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. I made the decision when I was young that I wanted to be like my other uncle. You wanted to be like the one that's making the big money, the yeah, quick money. you know what I mean, but, but not, not knowing, like we had, like we discussed earlier in the conversation tonight, not knowing that, you know, it's a price for everything. You know what I mean, not knowing that he had to pay a price for that. And I ended up paying right. the same prices. Right, right. I, I feel you on that. I'm from Chicago originally. I grew up in the hood too. Yeah. But uh, I, I had a very strong grandmother. Right. Okay. So they kept me on that path. Yeah, I strayed for a little while, but I stayed my ass out of jail. I got right. lucky on that. You know what I'm yeah, saying? You said you made a good point. You said you had a good grandmother, a strong grandmother. I actually had a strong grandmother too, but she died. So you know what I mean? That actually changed the game too. Right. She died when right. I was real young, you know what I mean? So I, I kind of was in a position where, though, 
you know, that strength did, because I'm saying that strength right there was enough strength to man get everybody a certain weight, well, especially me, but, you know what I mean, she died. So that changed certain things for myself. Well, I tell you, my grandmother even had the drug dealers scared. Right. She had been here for like 40-something years, and she didn't play that. Right. So, you know, she, she had her pistol. She kept them away from the house. She kept them away from us kids. She's like, these, they ain't going that route. But once I got out the house, hey, it looked good to me, too. So I went out there and did my little thing. And then when I got to that point where I didn't know what I was doing, she came and got my ass. Came right to where I was at on 47th Street and got my ass in a cab. Hmm. She go. said, let's go. I said, ma'am, I said, get your ass in this motherfucking car. This other guy I was with, he's like, but well, she got the dope. My grandmother felt in my pockets. I mean, she felt all over me in the middle of the fucking street. Where's the shit at? She said, here, motherfucker. She found it in my bra and threw it at him. Smacked me upside my head and pushed me into that damn cab. Well, there you go. But to hmm. this day. I'm grateful she did that mm-hmm. because I was I was I was on a downward spiral at the age of 19. Okay, I mean I I was going until she made that step in, and I am that, grateful that to her. God rest her soul, you know that she she did that for me because right now I wouldn't have my five kids and one dad a hero and not a zero in the army in Iraq and be living where I'm living right now. Safe and clean, and I've been clean for twenty some odd years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so huh? I feel where you're coming from. I truly do. Yeah. That's that parenting. God piece. bless you, brother. Clean. God bless you, brother. Thank you, man. Same to you. Appreciate that. All right, y'all, I'm going to get off here. <laughs> I can so hang up now. Am I going to get in trouble? I can hang up now. <laughs> you hang up, girl. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Stay out a little bit deep there for me. Ooh. It happens. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, we we all have somewhere in our lives some part of that game experience, whether it is directly or indirectly, a cousin, a uncle, or a parent, or ourselves, you know, we can see the fallout from it, you know. Um, I still deal with how that affects my life, you know. That's one of my dad's demons. That is one of his demons, and I deal with that. And, um, you know, it's not easy, but I deal with it. And um, so... It, that kept me from ever toying with that that addiction, that part of life. I never wanted to experience it because I saw the results of it um, in all kind of areas, you know, the doing time and the physical addiction. And so I saw it, and I didn't have to experience it. And that's how that helped me make better decisions as I grew up, so... I think we all kind of experience that in some way. So, all right. Um, I don't know. I, we got a few minutes left, and I'm waiting on that person 
and that person hasn't said anything. So, but I won't say his name. So we have a call I want to take. Uh, area code is 919. You're on the air. Hey, what's going on? Hey. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Hey, listen, just listening to the conversation and want to uh, commend the brother on what he's doing. Uh, it's always good to have somebody that's willing to uh, air their, their past dirty laundry to help somebody else, you know what I'm saying? So uh, just wanted to say that I'm enjoying the show and keep you know keep up the good work, man. Keep doing what you're doing. I really appreciate it. Um, I was in that situation one time, and uh, thankfully I made it out before the man came and got me. Um, I joined the military, <clears throat> and that did a lot for me. It, uh, it helped change my perspective on life. And like you said, you know, I, I was able to look back at the important things I had, and, and that kept me from going back, you know, uh, making that call so you could be right back in business, you know. Um, yeah. So you know, yeah. I just appreciate uh, what you're doing, man. Keep doing your thing. I'm definitely gonna get a copy of that book and uh, spread the word. Uh, you know. So I'll just keep listening. In. I'll be looking forward to uh, checking out more of your work, man. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. No doubt. Thank you for calling in, sir. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so. What happened to RJ? Mm-hmm. What, what, what's his deal this evening? He broke down and said his name. I yeah, know, because I can't. I did. I did. <laughs> yes, he did. That's because he's sitting on the line, but he didn't, you know. And I know he needs to say something. He didn't send me my, my Twitter messages today. He's going to get fired. Uh, don't know. I'm going to hold Honestly. this check. I'm going to hold this check. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Ron. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That's, okay. That's I'm going to step out here and I'm going to see if Ron, if, um, RJ's going to say something or not. You know, who knows what we're going to get. I don't, but he needs to do his last little stuff. RJ? I mean, it's, it, you know what? I think they passed the baton. RJ? Nah, I got nothing. Go. I got nothing. I got nothing. Ron? Yes, you and RJ passed the baton. It's like this week I'm not gonna do right, so you can do right, and then next week you don't do right. Nothing bad about RJ. <laughs> 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 you know, not gonna happen. I dare you. I give you a bonus I on your not. check. I'm not embarrassed, sweetheart. All right. Well, I, RJ had nothing to say. I mean, that's a blessing. I need to go ahead and move on with my life. But I was waiting on him to talk about the 52,000 Facebook pages he has and all his websites. You know, it's his plus time, and he didn't do it. So 
RJ has a lot of websites and a lot of Facebook pages. Anybody that follows RJ on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and uh, I don't know, Glide and Vine and I don't know, he's probably still on MySpace. Who knows? It's RJ. But I'm sure if you found one of his pages, there are probably two or three more lingering out there that you have not found. So please check that out. He does have some stuff going on on Facebook with um, the latest is Get Involved, and I'm sure if he were here like he's supposed to be, he would be talking about the intentions of Get Involved. That kind of includes us. Uh, One of the other things that RJ would be talking about right now is his street team. Does anybody know what that's about? Security, you know what that's about, the street team? I I haven't had a chance to really get with him to find out what's up with the street team, honestly speaking. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay, well... RJ has a street team. Inbox and ask him about it. I don't. I can't tell you a lot of information because that's in RJ's world, and I really don't like to enter that world. So um, he can get us information. He can he can let you know about the street team. He mentioned it on the page, the Facebook page, and I don't know. He might even mention it on Twitter. So um, call him on those mentions respond to those posts or go to the inbox and kind of question what that is. But that's where our listeners get to be part of the team. He ta- he said something about T-shirts, y'all, so I don't know. This RJ, so I don't know. Um, I don't know. RJ might not know. That might be why he's quiet right now. Who knows? Um, but <laughs> hold him accountable because he mentioned it, so question him about it. Um Secure, what else is RJ doing? Um, from what I've gathered, I mean it's been a it's been a whole lot of pages that have just been popping my way. So it's like trying to catch up with everything. It's just been difficult. I'm not gonna lie. It's like one one minute there's there's one page, and then the next minute there's something else entirely. I mean, my man's got his hands in everything today. I mean this 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 particular summer. So I mean it's just a matter of trying to figure out what to, what to concentrate on, honestly speaking. I think they did the, um, I think they did the, the, the what is the CD track that we saw that you got a chance to play last week? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's, I think that's on heavy rotation as, a, as, as far as I'm aware. I had not had a chance to really find out for myself, but, um, okay. you know, that's really, that's what I've been hearing, but I, I'm sure, you know, like I said, I guess we'll find out next week what's going on with RJ on that front too, so. Not really sure. All right. And then he has a show. He has a blog talk show. So, I mean, I wasn't on that show. I don't think I was really invited. He probably was talking about me because I don't think he really wanted me on there. But anyway, um, he has a blog talk show. So, you know, okay. I don't know what else to tell you about that either. Um, I think that's it. I think we've covered everything. With RJ, yeah, he needs his own twenty minutes to talk about RJ stuff. Take care. What else do we need to do? Um, well, I mean, we're pretty much at the we're we're pretty much at the cusp on it at this point, man. I mean, I, all I can say is I appreciate Eon for for definitely stopping by with us and 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 hanging through all the dysfunction that we had to kind of kick in on this last thirty minutes. But you know, you had you hung in like a trooper, and I appreciate you big time. Yeah, Excuse man, me, so did you call this dysfunction? 
It's not dysfunction. This is family. Our family still can be dysfunctional. I swear to God, that's what it was tonight. No, that's just that's just wrong. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Either way, appreciate you for you know for for definitely chopping up with us, man. I mean, it it, it was definitely appreciated. Uh, you know, much success going forward uh, with everything with the books that you got going on and that type of thing. And you know, if you need any help from me, I'll definitely be there for you, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, you know what I would well. like to see? I would like to see y'all do something in a mentoring young men's thing. Because I think the three guys on this line, phenomenal role models. I've been there, done that, and you don't have to. I just, I don't know. Y'all need to talk about that. That would make me happy. Yeah, that's pretty rapper, brother. Fair enough. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Even Ron. I think even Ron. Y'all can at least let him carry y'all books or something. God. Carry books. So listen, the books, that's important things. You need the books, right? Right. That's good building muscle work for you. Okay, well. You must not like that. Okay. Well, it's okay. You don't have to like it. I'm sorry. Did I hurt your feelings again? It's not my intention. I don't feel like I'm good, you know. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad you did. If that's the case, I'll continue to talk about you. But, Eon, okay. we definitely enjoy having you on the show. Um, and I will be posting the link so that you can share it, you know, and people can check out your message and um, and um, know how to get in touch with you as far as your different social media and how to copy book and what to be looking for because I made you talk about some upcoming stuff, so they'll know they'll be looking for that too. So that's a good little future plug there. So we enjoyed having you this evening. And I'm going to go ahead and let y'all say goodnight. I know y'all don't want to leave. It was great. Yep, indeed. So uh, good night, everyone. Uh, We'll do this again next week as always. And that's it for me. That's it for you? All right, and um, again, thank you, Jan, and I look forward to talking about the next project. You're always welcome. Okay. That's a bet, man. You have to have you on my show that I do on Wednesdays, too, so we might as well put that together. Okay, well, we have to get that together. I'd love to be on your show. I appreciate that, man. Thank you, all man. I appreciate it, man. Hopefully, man, I get to talk to you all again real soon. Absolutely. Ron, do you want to say goodbye? I haven't He's hung up on anybody yet. Uh-huh, uh-huh. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. So, uh, Shakir. Yep. Thank you so much. You you are wonderful. You are like the best co-host ever. <laughs> I have my moments. I have my moments. 
Yeah, because, you know, next week I'm going to have a problem with you, so. <laughs> yeah, more than likely. You're going to be at it like cats and dogs, so it's no big deal. I understand. That's how we do. That's our thing. That's how we do. But, of course, but, of course. Now, enjoy your evening, sir. All right. You do the same, ma'am. All right. Good night. All right. I got body, body, Everything's about to pump it. I got body, 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 body. 